BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. Tired of your tentmates' flashlights shining in your eyes in camp? Bring an empty half-gallon milk jug or clear water bottle. Simply strap a headlamp around it, and it becomes a soft white lantern for everyone to see the light. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. Hey everybody, in the Clinch MMA Podcast on the Fight Game Media Network, Paul Fontaine alongside Ryan Frederick as always, and I want to thank you all for uh, listening and supporting the network, and if you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the Fight Game Media Patreon, just five bucks a month, patreon.com backslash Fight Game Media. We actually have a very special thing that's going to be happening soon for all the Patreon subscribers. Uh, Garrett Gonzalez is going to be in interviewing a bunch of the fight game media hosts and putting those interviews up on fight game media so you get to know the hosts a little bit and that'll be in addition to all the regular stuff that we have every week which is five exclusive shows for the patreon um and covering uh mostly pro wrestling uh but some boxing and uh not a lot of mma but uh if you're a fan of pro wrestling and boxing and 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 even if you just want to support the site it's just five bucks a month so really helps us out a lot so business out of the way ryan Another busy week here. We got uh, we got a bunch of shows to look back on. We got a, a relatively quiet week coming up with just uh, UFC and some regional stuff. But uh, as uh, as we've been doing for the last uh, month, we'll start by uh, recapping the Ultimate Fighter from last week. And um, we uh, we finally got the fight between Timur Valiev and Trevor Wells that was supposed to happen in week two. Um, they had a bit of a controversy with uh, trying to figure out a catch weight. And, uh, of course, they're bantam weights, and they eventually settled on 142. It, I don't know. It, to me, it feels like they played that up a bit just because they're killing time. I don't know I don't know if you think there was any kind of mind games going on there or anything. Or do you think it was just uh, for sure? I don't think it was more, more for sure. I know Valiev in general is a big 
bantamweight anyway. So I, yeah, I, you know, Connor was trying to take an edge, knowing knowing that you know he his fighter could do one thirty five again, but knowing Valley have cut it, so he's trying to get right. Edge. And it, and and it wasn't his fault that he yeah. would have to cut weight again. So you know that that I mean it, it was right that they did a that they did a a, a catch weight. Um, yeah, because Chandler originally wanted 144, and then they eventually settled on 142. I'm I'm actually surprised at the amount of airtime Brian Bader's getting on this show. Um, I, I, you know, it doesn't mean anything, but it's just you know it's kind of funny. But um, so they they eventually you know did that. Um, not much um, on the show really, like you know from the house or anything like that. Nothing of note really this week. I you know that I remember yeah, just, um just basically just stephen thompson coming to train with mcgregor's team that's about it okay, so when you say stuff i remember i totally forgot that so <laughs> i'm glad that's why you're here uh, um i do uh but i do remember the fight and uh and and they uh they they had uh it was you know it, first now if i'm if i'm remembering this right the first round was was pretty close and uh, but it you know I, I gave it to Valiev, and I think Connor thought that his guy won uh, Trevor Wells. Second round was pretty dominant round for Valiev, um, and uh, you know like he could have even been a, like a borderline ten eight, uh, you know. And but but you know it was and it it was you know decisive for him. And then you know they said after the round that okay we have a decision, and Connor was pissed. Because Connor knew his fighter lost the second round, so yeah. he he knew his his guy would lost the fight, and he he thought there should have been a third round. And I, again, this is like fighters, and we'll talk about this with like Cruz later on. Um, like I don't know if they understand the scoring. Like you know, he's like, well, it was close enough that they should have done a third round. You know, like but you know, even though like his guy lost, um, he wasn't well, I mean, as. I mean, the first was close enough to where. To where yeah, it could the have judges been. gave him to Wells. I mean, Wells. I mean, you know, then it's nineteen nineteen, and then you're going right. To, yeah, going to the third round, so it was close enough. But you know. but but yeah, like but his. I mean, the thing is, like he, you know, he lost, and and so you know, it's like even if it's close, if your guy lost, he lost. And you don't just have a third round because it was close. But um, yeah, I mean, it was. Yeah, I mean, if it if they had gone to a third round, it wouldn't have been outrageous or anything like that. Like that first round was close enough that. You know, it could have it could have gone either way, but the second round was was pretty definitive for Valiev, and uh, you know, Wells got some good shots in, and um, you know, and Connor, I thought did a, I thought Connor did a really good job of coaching, actually. Um, you know, he was he was telling Wells what he needed to do, he just couldn't do it. Like, you know, Valiev is Valiev's a really good fighter. Like, I'm I'm amazed that UFC cut him. I, I think when when they did cut him, I was amazed, and uh, uh. he's trying. I think his was more of like his contract was up and oh, okay, okay, and there was issues with trying to get it renewed and it didn't get okay. renewed, renewed, and then this came up. So okay, I was just like I, I just remember being surprised when when you know because you know on our show we always go over you know who's been released and stuff like that and and I was I was surprised when he got released. But th- if you're keeping track, Team Chandler four, Team McGregor zero, and next week. We have Brad Katona, former tough champion, uh, against Carlos Vera. So it's Chandler's Brad Katona and Conor McGregor's Carlos Vera. I have a feeling this is going to be the one that McGregor wins, but um, we'll see. Um, but I'm um, like, I, 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 I just like Conor wasn't quite as 
um, on edge as he was last week. Like, I remember last week, like, just thinking, man, he's ready to blow. I don't think he was actually expecting Trevor Wells to win this week. Like, Valiev, Valiev's like, you picked him to win the whole thing, like, at the beginning, I think, if I'm remembering right. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and, I mean, he seems at an at a, at a upper class. And I think Trevor Wells just had a bad draw. Like, this could have easily been the finals. Um, you know, like, it, Wells is a really good fighter. And, uh, you know, it was just unfortunate um, for him. Uh, you got anything else you want to add on the show? Like, yeah, not really on that. Yeah. Not, not, a, you know, it was a, it was a by the numbers show this week, to be honest. Yeah. And, and there again, you know, it was another uh, not great rating. I think they did like 230,000 or something. You know, PFL's outdrawing the Ultimate Fighter. Like, that's pretty bad. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I, you know. Yeah, I know it doesn't matter, but it's actually, you know what, to be fair, like, and we'll talk about PFL in a, right away. I mean, they're actually, um, you know, they're, they're doing all right this year, like in terms of ratings, like better than you would think. I mean, it's not like they're lighting the world on fire or anything, and they got a nice, you know, platform. I mean, yeah, they're they're on ESPN on Friday nights, which is yeah. easy, easy. I mean, if you look at if you look at what people are watching on Friday nights, people are watching TV on on Friday no. nights, so it's easy. It's easy to look good compared, you know. True. On yeah, Friday yeah. Night, but yeah. But I mean, they so, were. I mean, they're twelfth on the cable charts. Like, you know, whatever you want to say. Like, you can't twelfth on the cable chart. Cable charts first did a point one six in the demo, which is like, which yeah. wouldn't even be you know top ten any other night. No, but I mean, you and I both follow wrestling, and when Rampage finishes just ahead of it, we're like, "Hey, that's a great number for them." So I'm gonna give I'm gonna give PFL some flowers yeah. for, the, for their 295,000 viewers, and and uh, Bellator even last week uh, did better than we both thought they were gonna do. Um, I think they they were over 200,000 viewers, and they cracked the top 50. So um, I I was you know, and that's on a night when they were going up against PFL and Rampage. So um you know i was you know it's they're doing it's more like you said i mean no there's nothing on so you know and there's hardly anyone watching tv so you know good good for both companies they still aren't making any money (laughs) exactly yeah and and uh i don't i'm just double check our our thing yeah we're not we don't really have uh we're not really talking about the news but i did hear uh, Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer talking about, um, you know, the possibility of PFL and Bellator, you know, like, like PFL buying Bellator and Dave was mentioning, or Brian actually brought up that, Oh, well you get the time slot. I don't think he knows that they don't have the time slot after this year. So you're really just buying fighter contracts and the archive if, if you buy them. Yeah. So, yeah. And, um, and in the way, like, I don't, like, I, like I said last week, like, like all those fighters who were, comfortable getting those bellator paychecks if pfl buys them those are going bye-bye yeah yeah Yeah. oh yeah i mean they got got one the pfl has its own sorts of issues right now going on yeah and we'll talk about that right away i i did the one um the one fight that that interests me if they buy if pfl buys bellator is um kayla harrison and cyborg that's it like that's literally the only fight that I can see having any kind of mainstream appeal, and and I mean, and by that I mean it's limited, but it's probably yeah. the biggest fight that they could make. Um, but but yeah, we had PFL, and uh, so you alerted me, and I'm glad you did to um, a situation that happened on the prelims, and of course we don't get the prelims in Canada, um, not on TV, anyways. Like you know, if you want to watch me, you have to watch them live, and and I didn't do that, so I watched the main card the next day. 
they did reference what had happened, but they didn't really talk too much about it. But but the big story from PFL was well, actually, you know what? I, I know the story, but you you explain it because okay, you you yeah. know you were following it closely. This is yeah, this is our we have to talk about segment. Yeah. yeah. So we're doing a little bit early and we're gonna talk about this whole PFL situation with Nathan Schulte, Ralph Manfio, and an extension, Shane Burgos and everything. Okay, so Nathan Schulte and Roush Manfio, they uh they were booked to fight each other. They didn't want to fight each other. They are best friends, training partners. Uh, I, I believe uh, Schulte is the godfather to Manfio's child. Uh, at one point when Manfio was broke and couldn't pay rent, Schulte paid his rent. They're like brothers. You know, it'd be, yeah. you know, it'd be like. Be like asking us to fight. Be like Jake Shields yeah. fighting Nate Diaz or something, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, more. It, it actually would be more like Nick Diaz fighting Nate Diaz. That's how close. Okay, fair are. enough. Fair Those enough. Are, well, you know, except minus the whole actual being blood brothers, but they're basically brothers, brothers, yeah. and uh, and you know they were forced to fight. They had they had no say in it. They were, you know, the way the PFL does their matchups is they tell you who you're who you're fighting. So you know, it's uh. You know, and uh, they—I've heard managers saying they there is a such thing as PFL giving out favorable matchups for it to try to manipulate these playoff positionings. You know, that's it's starting to become it's starting I'm to become shocked. it's starting to become a situation where that's turning from kind of what an inside knowledge to more common knowledge. Well, anyway, Schulte and Manfio—they have they fight fight we'll lose fight we'll use fight the term fight loosely is essentially a sparring match honestly in my opinion it was better than the very first fight on the ufc show this past week honestly <laughs> like like comparing the those two those two i mean like these guys i mean schulte and manfio yeah there was, was such a sparring match neither one was trying to trying to win you know trying to hurt the other hurt the other so uh schulte gets a unanimous decision he uh should be getting Excuse me. Should be getting a you know three three points and putting them yep. in the playoffs at six points. So it was announced the very next morning that PFL had uh, had suspended both fighters and taken away the points from uh, from from Schulte and, uh, and you know because of because the fight did not live up to PFL standard standards as I said. As I said, this was a PFL decision. This was not only Georgia could act, only the state commissions could actually actually stricken the result from a from a uh, from the record books. So, so when it comes to pay pay and stuff like that, like that, I'm probably getting ahead of myself on stuff on stuff like this. But anyway, basically, you know, they didn't take the win away from from uh, Schulte. They just took away the playoff points and took him out of the playoffs and replaced him with. Shane Burgos, the guy they spent a whole bunch of money on, and the guy they gave favorable matchups to try to get him in the playoffs. Well, he had missed the playoffs, so they just you know they found a loophole. So there's all this stuff going on, and all these you know, and then when you start looking at, and here's why I think fighters should start really looking at PFL and this whole this whole million dollar tournament, this whole idea of winning a million dollars. Their contracts clearly state they can remove anyone from the playoffs and take their points away at any, at any time for any reason, what any reason they feel. <laughs> so here article 
you know, Article 1, 1C in, in their contracts indicates semifinals are based on merit. Fighter will earn points during the regular season based on their performance and we would be ranked in division standings accordingly. At the end of the regular season, the top four in each division will make the playoffs. And then Article 3, 1B lays the groundwork for playoff participants to be selected in a more traditional matchmaker-type format. And in it, it says, semifinal matchups will be determined at the league's discretion. The league reserves the right to change matchups at any time. And additionally, Article 2.3 states that points, which determine who and who does and does not make the PLFL playoffs, can be changed by the promotion at any time. So there's <laughs> that. So basically, if you basically if you go in there and knock somebody out in the first round, first round, first round and you you, know, you get the whatever how many ever points you're supposed to get five six you know if they don't like it they can take it away from you you know after win after win yeah and uh here's an appeal process in their contracts uh during the regular season the bfl basis basis of points awarded on commission rulings if a fighter wishes to appeal commission ruling during the regular season they must do so within three days of the fight in question however this wasn't a commission ruling this was a pfl ruling the right. commission said finds no fault, you know, the, the, uh, so yeah. And then there was a situation back in the day, back in the day, uh, with, uh, Don King and the Buster Douglas, Mike Tyson thing. And, uh, they said, uh, they, uh, they basically said Don King was trying to protest, protest the result or something like that. And, uh, that, that would be a breach of contract. So essentially what happened, what, what, what is happening here? It seems like BF, PFL is breaching the contracts of both Nathan Schulte and Ralph Manfio. They also suspended Manfio, who lost, wasn't going to be in the playoffs. Doesn't matter for him. He's his his year's done. And uh, Schulte and Manfio actually have a good legal case that they could be bringing forward if they wish to go that route. And there's talk from the managers about doing that because yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's a completely messed up situation. And now if you're like a fighter who's looking at entering these tournaments, all of a sudden now you see this, it's like, okay, they could just fuck me anytime they feel like it with you know yeah. no repercussions. Repercussions. And we're talking about a company who's, you know, not not making any money and and all this and that. It's just it's a completely messed up situation. No, absolutely. I mean a couple things like number one, like why did they put these guys against each other? I mean, you know, like, uh, but any, I mean, there's 10 fighters in the division, you know, they've, they each known, they've known for years. They weren't going to yeah. fight each other. They've been booked in yeah. every tournament for the last few years together and never been, been booked yeah. against each other. No, because the matchmakers knew that. Now, if they ended up against each other because of the standings, I mean that's another that's a different story, right? Yeah, like and, and I think I think if that if that happened, where the case was, oh, yeah. they're they're they both made it to the finals, a million dollars online. It's a little bit different, I think, for them, and I think they will immediately so. But just a basic yeah. fight like like this, like. They don't, you know, they don't want to hurt each other. Now, now to be fair, I mean, you, you know, and, and obviously you're right. Like they, you know, they manipulated things to get Burgos. And I got the standings up here in front of me. I mean, if you're taking Schulte and Manfio out, I mean, the only other fighter with any points is Burgos. Um, everyone else was 0-2, except for Anthony Romero, who only got one fight. And yeah. he was 0-1. And when you talk about favorable matchups, Olivier Aubin Mercier gets to fight a Canadian uh, you know, making, you know, he's never had a big fight and only one fight. doesn't even have a ch chance of making the playoffs. 
Shane Burgos gets Yamato Nishikawa, 20-year-old fighter. He's never had a fight anywhere close to being on this stage. Um, that, that was a guy that was supposed to fight in UFC last, last year, right? And then he didn't fight because of contract issues. He's got 20 years old and he's got 32 fights. Um, I don't even understand how that's possible. But, I mean, when you watch the fight, like, he was clearly outmatched by Burgos. And Burgos couldn't even put him away. Um, if Burgos would have put him away, he would have got into the playoffs, I think, legitimately. Um, I think he, I think maybe he had to finish him in the first round to, uh, to get the six points. And then he would have been, he would have been in there no matter what. Um, but yeah, it's just, it just looks bad. And you could even tell as you're watching, like I knew what had happened. Like you had told me because I watched it Saturday afternoon, but, um, I, I, the announcers were like, they kept cutting back to Burgos, like as if, you know, during the main event, like if Romero didn't win, it was almost like Burgos knew he was going to get in the playoffs because he knew what was going to happen to Mount Manfio and, uh, and Schulte, um, even though they didn't officially announce it till the next morning. So. I don't know, just a just a bad situation all around. Um, the rest of the card wasn't, you know, it was it was all right by you know by a PFL standard. Just kind of a longer show. Clay Collard got a second round KO over Stevie Ray. It was a good win. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket. Your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The um, mega. Did you watch the whole card or just just the big matches? No, no, I just checked out highlights here and there. Like okay, like okay. the sa- the Sabadoo side spinning wheel. That, oh, that was one of the knockout. best knockouts of the year. Yeah, that was amazing. That was like it was like he if when you watch it, it almost looks like he hit him with a baseball bat. Like just like oh, the side of the head, just the spinning wheel kick, like uh, Alistair Black's move, eh? Like the uh, the the or I guess Malachi Black, no, the the black, almost like that. But it, it's just so hard, so fast. But the um, there was a the the Magomed Umalatov and Naib Lopez fight. The first round of that fight was insane. It was um, it was much like one of the something like. One of the fights on the UFC card, the third round, I think, there's one fight that was just nuts on on the UFC, and this was like that. Um, I it was it's one worth going out your way to see because Nayib Lopez just wouldn't give up. Like Umalatov is clearly a better fighter, and he just couldn't put him away. And then he ended up getting tired, and I think Lopez won the third round. Um, but um, it was you know one of those fights where like Lopez just wasn't going to give up. And uh, it was it was a really really good fight, um, and then yeah we had uh, Olivia over in Mercia got a nice finish in the main event over Anthony Romero just a uh, flying not not really flying knee but like a raised knee high knee I guess you would call it, and uh, Magomed uh, Magomed Kirov uh, knocked out David Zawada in the uh, 
three minutes, 54 seconds into the uh, first round. And Shane Burgos, as we said, got a decision over Yamata Nishikawa. So, um, yeah. So we're going to go. We got the finals coming in August, I believe, in uh, in Houston, right? Or somewhere? No, like, no. The uh, first round of playoffs in San Antonio. San Antonio. Okay. Oh, I knew it was Texas. So that's close. Uh, I guess Houston and San Antonio aren't that close, but I was right about Texas. But yeah, just a bad situation. You know, like I said, I mean, whatever the playoffs are now, probably almost ignore it. Like when you, you know, when we show up, I bet you anything, like half these matchups that we have now aren't even going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, PFL just can put in whoever they want. So um, we'll, we'll see. It's a, it's a bad situation though. Um, but, uh, you know, b- better show was the UFC on ABC, uh, five. It was a nice, uh, morning slash afternoon show. Um, I was, uh, pleasantly surprised. I, well, it show started at 1030. Like I was like, wow, like I'm barely awake and I still got to watch PFL. So I didn't actually start watching till about like one o'clock, but I caught up by the, by the, by the, uh, main card. Uh, but, uh, really good show. Um, <laughs> Um, I would say a good fight in the main event. Like, I mean, it was a good fight, but um, uh, Ilya Teporia like just beat down Josh Emmett. Like, yeah. it was. I felt bad. Like that fight should have been stopped out of the fourth round. I thought. Um, I mean, they didn't, and and you know, Emmett wasn't going to quit, and his corner wasn't going to throw in the towel. But I mean, he had taken way too much damage, and he came back and like, did he win the fifth round? I think so, right? Uh, uh, he, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but did, did he get one? There was one 49 45 scorecard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the other one, like were, I didn't give him the round. I can't remember what I scored it, but um, there was a 50 44 scorecard and a 50 42 scorecard with a rare 10 7 round. Really? Yeah. Wow. Was that the fourth, I assume? Uh, uh, the ten seven, Chris Lee gave it in the fourth. Yeah, the other Chris two, Lee, Chris Lee. He's got Eric, some interesting. Eric, Eric Cologne actually gave the first round to Emmett, which was the really forty five score. Oh, okay, yeah, I yeah I scored at fifty forty four like most people did, um, and uh, you know and, and you did as well. Um, yeah, that fourth round was was a was an easy ten eight. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, like Emmett, I mean, you know, the best thing you can say about him is that he wouldn't give up, but, but he had taken so much damage that, uh, left eye, I think it was, I mean, was, was shut and, uh, he had like just a bad hematoma underneath it. And, uh, I think that was early in the fight too, like second or third round that that happened. And I was, um, I, I, I kind of almost expected the doctors stop it, but then, you know, that, I guess it was after the fourth round, the doctors just like, Hey, can you fight? Yeah. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> I, mean, we'll, I mean we'll talk about another situation so yeah situation. i don't think these doctors really gave a fuck <laughs> no that guy like he looked like he was just having the time of his life like i'm getting paid to do this cool uh you know yeah, i'm on tv yeah, <laughs> yeah i don't think he cared i don't think he cared about stopping fights and no, and no. I, and I'll, I'll point it out here in a minute yeah but go, uh go over, yeah but know, the results yeah Big, big, uh, big win though for uh, for Ilya Tapuria. Um, he, he's calling he, for a title shot. I don't, he looked incredible, he did, he did. Um, but I, you know, he's not gonna get a title shot, but but he should. Get I, I, I wouldn't say that, I would really not say that. Okay, okay. I mean, I mean, you know, for first of all, Josh Emmett took a hell of a beating, but yeah. next, if 
if Volkanovski wins, who is there at at one forty five that he hasn't fought yet? Well, if if Volkanovski wins, isn't he going up to one fifty five anyways? So they're probably gonna have to do an interim title fight. Nah, I don't think it's a hundred percent. You know, okay, you know, okay. You know, he hasn't officially like confirmed anything. Anything he wants that Makachev rematch. Yeah. I mean, if Yair Rodriguez wins, you know, the division's completely turned around, but. I mean, I, I think as, I think uh, I think I think Yari Rodriguez went in that fight. By yeah, the way. but if Volkanovski wins. I mean, he's yeah beaten Yair, and he's beaten. You know, when you look at the top, beaten Yair, beaten Holloway three times. I mean, you can't go that that beaten Ortega. Uh, so that's Tapuria. You know, he's he'd be yeah. next. So, I guess, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's six he's, and zero, seven and zero, six and zero in UFC. Yeah, four undefeated. Finishes. Yeah, undefeated. Yeah, fourteen yeah. and zero total. You know, yeah, dangerous fighter. You know, very starting to become a very big name in Spain, where he's from. So yeah, you know, get on front page front pages of mag magazines and newspapers in Spain. Spain. He had a what's his, uh, Sergio Ramos. You know, one of the one of the biggest soccer stars in the world from. Sp- Who's from Spain was at the fight? You know that was a big deal. He did was funny. I everybody's like, "Who the fuck is that guy?" I go like, and he was like, guy? he had a lot of fans. Like you could hear the fan. The fans were chanting Ilya, 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 and he's so, yeah. you know, and this was in Jacksonville. Yeah, so, so like I mean, he's got a big following in Spain, you know. So yeah. it's you know, it's, I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you a question. I think I've asked you before on this show, but I have a terrible memory, as as we both know. Yep. <laughs> this is the guy that. He was on like a prelims not that long ago, right? And he won a fight at the same time as his brother was fighting. No, no. Oh, that, okay, that wasn't him. Okay, that's uh, the uh, ba- Basharat. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Basharat. Oh, right. Yeah, Javid. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah both you're in, right. You're right. Yeah, they're both in UFC now because the other. Okay. Cause I think the one, yeah, the one fought his UFC debut, debut, and his brother fought was fighting at the same time. And then his brother ended up fighting on the contender okay. series one and then got the contract. But that, yeah, that, but yeah, I mean, Tapuria is a guy though, that came up in the pandemic. So, you know, there's probably people that like, haven't even seen him, you know, because a lot of people didn't necessarily watch a lot of those shows. Um, it's uh, you know, it's, it's something like, you know, he debuted in October, 2020 and, and yeah, he's already like on the verge of a title shot. So what's crazy is originally he was supposed to debut in like 2018 against P- Piotr Jan and, uh, and it just they ended up going with a different opponent for Jan for that fight, and who knows what his career could have been like had that happened. Yeah. You know, he might not be where he is now. You know, <laughs> might not be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. and and on the cusp of the title shot at featherweight. I think he probably would have. <laughs> you know, he would have made it to UFC anyways. But yeah, it's you know now he's got that fourteen zero record. It looks really good. Yeah. Um, and uh, not, I mean, not much else of note on the show. I think. Well, do you want to talk about like, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of hellacious finishes and a lot of yes. hellacious fights. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, you know, and we'll we'll obviously talk about that in you know in our three stars and yeah, in nothing, our uh, in our rundown. But yeah, nothing, nothing, ma- nothing major as far as like like that. We need to go over this particular yeah. fight. No, lot of a um, lot of lot of upsets on on this card. Um, I, I didn't, I wasn't necessarily keeping track, but I know I picked a bunch of underdogs and, and a lot of them won. And then on the main card, I picked mostly favorites and most of them lost. Um, other than like, I did pick Josh Emmett in the main event and and he lost, but, um, the, uh, but, uh, we don't, I, I mean, we, I, the only other thing I 
thought maybe we we would talk about was the Austin Lane thing because yeah we could do that real quick yeah with the with the eye because you know I don't think neither one of us giving either one of those guys a star um yeah there was you know 29 seconds into the fight um it was Justin Toffa that no it was Austin Lane that poked Justin Toffa in the eye and it was one of the worst eye pokes you're ever going to see like two fingers like just gouged right into the eye and Immediately, like Austin Lane had blood coming out of his eye. His you eye mean, was Taffa, like, swollen. Taffa, 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 or Taffa, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Taffa, yeah. And I mean, it wasn't intentional, obviously, but yeah. but uh, he knew. Like Taffa knew right away he couldn't fight, and you know, and he was saying like, "I can't see," you know. And yeah, this is why I wanted to talk about the doctor. Like, yeah, he's bleeding from the eye. It's completely closed. It won't open, and the doctor is not is not saying to stop the fight. Like he, yeah, he's, he's got five asking, minutes. He's got five minutes, and Tafa's sitting there. Like there's blood coming out of his eye. He's saying he can't see. The eye won't open. Open. We'll take your time. Like no, yeah. the doctor should have stopped that. Like <laughs> right away. Like yeah. Like if there's blood, and he's and he's and he's telling him it's getting worse. If there's an like, eye, it's not getting better. If I don't care what state, what country it is, if there is an eye poke, and the eye is shut and bleeding. You immediately stop that fight. Yes. Yeah. You do not and, send a fighter out there like that. That was complete crowd, negligence from the doctor. I think because of the way that the doctor handled it and the way the ref was acting, the crowd kind of churned on Tafa. Like, yeah. you know, like basically calling like because he didn't want to fight. Like, I don't think they realized how bad it was, you know, until they showed, you know, until they did the close up. But they were like chanting bullshit and pussy, you know, whatever. Like they're, you know, they're just like thinking, oh man, he doesn't want to fight. But I mean, this was one of the worst you're ever going to see. And, uh, you know, like there's obviously no way. And it's too bad because Austin Lane was like the big local star making his UFC debut, former NFL player, you know, and, uh, you know, and this, this fight was probably for a lot of people, maybe like, you know, the, the real main event um you know for for them you know for for the jacksonville fans so um excuse me unfortunate ending and uh hopefully they get austin lane another fight real quick and hopefully justin toffer recovers but that's going to be a tough one like he you know that's it's your eye man like you know it's hopefully hopefully he's okay it wasn't a scratch cornea or anything but um but uh, let's do our uh, our three stars um i'll let you go first all right number one Brandon Allen, for sure. Like, mm-hmm. incredible showing. Like, you know, he rocked Bruno Silva several times on the on the feet. Silva did hurt Allen with, with a flurry at one, one point, but Allen was able to overcome it. Dropped Silva with beautiful punch. Got on the back. Submitted him with a rear naked choke in the first round. Excellent showing for Allen. He was calling for for Israel out of signing afterwards, but at the same time saying he knows he's going to need one more fight. So that's, mm-hmm. so he was also calling for Jared Cannonier, but uh, but yeah, Allen should be one fight away from a title fight. He's he's on quite the run at middleweight, and we've been talking for weeks on this show about needing fresh blood at middleweight. Right there, right there. Yeah. You know, very very good showing. Uh, my second star, I'm going to go with Matus Rebecki. Uh, he uh, finished Lloyd Krasnov in the second round, dropped him with a dropped him with a punch. Uh, he destroyed the leg of Razabov like early in that first it was just crazy how much he was landing that leg kick and how Razabov just couldn't stand it was uh, just 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 a brutal beating and Rebecca looked really good 
Third star, I'm going to go Macy Barber. <laughs> Her fight yeah. with Amanda Hevis in the co-main event, that was a hell of a fight right there. That was one of the more entertaining entertaining fights, you know, female fights I've seen in a long, long time. They were just kind of doing a whole rock'em sock'em robot, and mm-hmm. Barbara would hurt Rebus, and Rebus would be going for the takedown, and Barbara would defend and be on top and land in. And in the second round, she just rocked Rebus really bad. Rebus went for the takedown. Barbara got on top, landed punches and elbows to get the finish. Fifth straight win for Barbara. She's starting to starting to live up to that hype now. You know, she's yeah. getting better. She's getting better. And uh yeah, she's uh she should be in a big fight next and a really good show for her. All right. I'm gonna give my first star to David Onama. Um, just, uh, that, that, uh, first round, I thought we were setting up for another, like, like landwehr fight. Like, you know, they were just, both of them were just, were just going, going nuts. And then Onama, you know, just, uh, took over in the second round and, uh, finished, uh, Gabriel Santos, uh, four minutes and 13 seconds in, uh, T, uh, KO uppercut, just, just brutalized him and cut a nice promo afterwards um and uh he's a guy that you know i think i think he's got a lot of uh fan support behind him um you know and, and i i don't know how many people are going to remember that fight with landwehr but i'm never going to forget it so i'm going to bring it up constantly um i i think uh it's tough from here i would go my second start uh chepe mariscal yeah um, I, I was thinking about him but i figured you'd be one to look at you know, look at yeah him, so enough for you yeah, no, he just, you know, like, I don't know what is, like, he's American, but he's, like, kind of, you know, like, got that Mexican fighting spirit or something. Like, I assume he's, like, Latino. Um, and and he, him and Trevor Peak just had, like, a war. I was surprised this didn't get fight of the night. Like, I don't know, one of them missed weight or something? Like, um, no, or, no. I mean, we, we had a lot of competition for fight of the night. We did. Show. We did, yeah. But this was a great fight. And, uh, you know, and I was... I felt bad. You know, this is already like in on topology. It's already on the rankings for fight of the year. Like, and that's like just you know, and it's hard when the fights just happen. Like, yeah. you know, a lot of people voted for the, for this, so it's um, you know, it's a really really good fight. And uh, Mariscal looked good. Peak looked good as well as his first loss. But uh, you know, and and then again, you know, he cut a, he cut a great promo after. I think if I'm remembering right, I think they let him talk. Um, that was like we were like getting into the thing where you know all the fights were going the distance, and you know some of the the show was going long. They ended up going long. Um, I think when they started the main card, like they were like um, they still had like two rounds left in the fight that they were doing. Like that's how yeah. far behind they were. Um, I guess my third star maybe Tabitha Ricci. Um, you know, she just, uh, really smart game plan against Jillian Robertson. Like she, um, when they went to the ground, if like they went to only went to the ground, like once or twice, and you really don't want to go to the ground with Jillian Robertson, but she managed to keep her position. And when they were on the feet, like she just kept her distance and Jillian Robertson just couldn't move in. And uh, I just thought again, a really smart game plan. And Ricci is somebody now that, you know, she's nine and one, she's won her last four fights. Um, she okay for some reason i thought she was the no it was jillian robertson that had moved down right yeah yeah it was her second okay it was robertson's second fight i believe back down yeah 15 but fourth straight win at 115 for um for tabitha ricci including you know like a big win over jessica penny so i think like she's you know like i uh, should be like top 10 now uh no not quite Uh, okay uh, but Move, either one there. of them were ranked 
Okay, okay. Okay. Ranks. Yeah. Top it's, top fifteen though, probably. Then. I put her. I put. Her, I ranked her in the top fifteen this week. Okay. Okay. Good. So she's probably going to get a big, uh, you know, a bigger fight next time, and she's kind of moving up the card. And again, somebody you want to keep an eye on. Nine and one. I mean, that's a, that's a nice record. Yeah. Um, in the in the women's. Okay. So uh, I just uh, accidentally deleted the uh, card. So you <laughs> take take a look at the rest of the, or give us the rest of these results while I get this All card right. back. All right. Yeah, it started off with a middleweight fight. Cedric's Dumas, a unanimous decision over Cody Brundage. Uh, 30, 27, 30, 27, 29, 28. This honestly was one of the worst fights I've seen all year. It's just terrible. Uh, Brendan, I, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I don't know. I hated it. Okay. I, hated I mean, you it. just don't like Cedric Dumas. No, no, no. It has nothing to do with that. Like Brundage didn't do anything. Yes. Okay. I will agree with you there. I first thought Brundage rounds. had one of the worst performances of any fighter I've seen this year. It's on Brundage. That's why this fight is so bad. Right. Okay. First two rounds, he would just. Yeah. Pull for the guillotine and do nothing. And Dumas really didn't do much from the top, honestly. Like he did no. enough to keep it down, but I mean, he didn't. I mean, it wasn't going for finishes or anything like that outside of one choke attempt. And in the third round, Brundage started to try to do something at least, and Dumas didn't do much in the third third round. I mean, I have no biases when it comes to any of this stuff, but uh, okay. I. I thought that fight was just terrible. Okay. Very I didn't boring. hate it as much as you, but I'm not going to fight you tonight. That was one of the worst fights of the year. Okay. Year. I mean, I, I feel like we've had a lot of high-quality fights. I can't remember we one have. that was, we have. Was, as, was as bad as, you know, I say bad. Boring and uneventful is really what it was. And if you and if you kind of, you know, suffering from insomnia, maybe put that fight on. It'll put you to sleep. <laughs> it's because it just nothing happened. It's, it's really yeah. what it was. Uh it was. Okay, then we had an interesting one here. Jack Jenkins won a split decision over Jamal Embers. He he had two twenty nine twenty eight scorecards, and the Embers scorecard was thirty twenty seven for him. You rarely see that in a split decision. Here's a hundred percent of the media scores gave it to Embers, which uh, usually screams robbery. And I don't think this was a robbery, but uh, me personally. I had a 30-27 for Emmers. I thought he won all three rounds. I, I had a 29-28 Emmers. Yeah. So. And I thought the first – but the first two were definitely close. Close yeah. enough to where you could give it to Jenkins. And Emmers definitely won the third. So, I mean, I won't say, like, it was a robbery or anything. But I do think I do feel like this is a bad decision. And, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, if anybody thinks that, I actually picked Jack Jenkins to win this fight. So I did, too. So it's not, I so did it's not too, like I had yeah. – so anybody – like, I, I feel like – People, you know, they want to give you crap on social media. I go like, like I picked Jenkins to win the fight. You know, why do you think you know you? Well, not only you that, like look it, at it's like everyone else thought Zammers won too. So it's get like off my when people, back. when people like uh, accuse you of having biases against. Yeah, it was like I actually picked this person to, to win the fight. If I if I had a bias, I would be, you know, yeah. scoring it for the person I thought was going to win the fight <laughs> to make myself look good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then we had a Chepe Mariscal unanimous decision over Trevor Peak, 30-27 across the board. Basically a game of rock'em, sock'em robots. Whenever yeah. they were on the feed, Mariscal got a lot of takedowns, though, and he was really controlling on the ground. Very good debut show, showing for Mariscal and a very entertaining fight. Entertaining fight. Like, yeah, it could have won five of the night. Barber and Hebus was great, too. Tapiria and Emmett was great, too. Like, like mm-hmm. any of those three, I wouldn't. I would not argue against. Uh, then we had a flyweight fight. Joshua Van split decision over Zalgas Zumagulov, 229-28 scorecards and a 29-28 for Zumagulov. I thought Zumagulov won the first, but then Van got his footing in, you know, got comfortable, started out landing 
Zumagulov over the last two rounds. Won the last two rounds. Uh, won the decision. Very good showing for Van. Uh, you know, he, uh, you know, probably the most highly regarded flyweight prospect out there. And uh, coming in on a week's notice against a tough Zumagulov and having this showing eight and one now. And uh, I'm interested in seeing what, where Van goes from here. I feel bad for Zumagulov because he's one six in the UFC now. And like, you know, and he's uh, his last three losses have all been split decisions. And, yeah. uh, and arguably he won the Molina and Charles Johnson fights. I mean, he so lost he this be, fight. He should be three and four. Yeah. And realistically. And then like, then I feel bad for him because this is like his third different opponent in a month. And, you know, I really hope to give him another chance. You know, they don't mm-hmm. cut him for that because he's, he's gotten robbed from a couple of fights and then he got robbed of two opportunities to get back in the win column. And then you, then you finally get him a fight that doesn't fall through and happens to be against the top flyweight prospect in the world. Like, you know, <laughs> it's kind of unfair to him, him if they cut him. Uh, then we had women's strawweight fight, Tabitha Ricci over Jillian Robertson, 30-27, 29-28, 29-28, unanimous decision. I thought Ricci won all three rounds. Second was close because Robertson actually landed more strikes. There was one judge that gave Robertson the first round, which was absolutely a horrendous round score, wow. but luckily it didn't make a difference at all. You know, that's that was ridiculous. Then we had the uh, Matus Rebecca uh finished Loic Radzov in the second round, second round I talked about. Then we had Randy Brown, unanimous decision over Wellington Tournament, 29-28 across the board. Uh this fight was kind of didn't really live up to expectations. Brown, he was looking great until he ran into Jack Della Maddalena. And then this was his first fight since that loss. And I mean he won, but he didn't look like the Brown that was, you yeah. know looking good during a four or five win streak win streak and Terman, you know, Terman, I don't think just Terman had a strong third round, but I just don't think he did enough in the first two rounds to, to, you know, win, win either one. So, yeah. And then we had uh closing out the pre-wins, Neil Magny, uh split decision over Phil Rowe, two twenty nine twenty scorecards for Magny and then one twenty nine twenty eight for Rowe. Okay. I'm not saying this because they're both tall and black, but if you put these guys next to each other the way they looked, they yeah. looked like twins because they're yeah. tall and black, and both of them had dreadlocks, and their hairstyles were and like similar. Fight, and they fought exactly yeah. the same. Yeah. yeah, it was just all clinching. Is pretty yeah. much what this fight was. And and fight you, was. I mean, if it wasn't for the names on the tights, like you know, you'd have a hard time like telling who was who. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who sure. was who? Like it was basically a mirror image. Type of fight. I had it for Magny. I gave him the first and the third. Third. I know a lot of people thought Roe won the first. I thought Magny was just more active in the clinch to win the round, and then he definitely won the third, and Roe definitely won the second. So, so, uh, but yeah, I think I yeah. think I gave I think I went I think I gave Magny the last two rounds, but I I you know I I just remember like I was even just having a hard time keeping track of it. Because, yeah, yeah, it wasn't that exciting of a fight either. Yeah, you know, a lot of just it was all clinching. But like if you've seen a lot of Neil Magny fights, it, pre- it was pretty much how those go, and he looks yeah. to dominate in the clinch, and you know just he's the ultimate gatekeeper for the you know for the top 15 basically. yeah 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 all right then we had an exciting main card brendan allen uh, submitted bruno silva in the first round david onama second round knockout of gabriel santos and then we had the unfortunate no contest with austin lane and justin taffa then we had macy barber finishing the mandahibas in the second round and then Ilya superior with the dominant unanimous decision over josh him in the main event 
Yep. Uh, the uh, fight of the night went to, uh, as you mentioned earlier, Emmett and Tapuria, and the performance bonuses went to Macy Barber and David Onama. Uh, we had uh, fourteen thousand one hundred and one fans, uh, gate of just under one point five million. Was that not? I don't think that was a sellout, was it? I don't think so. Yeah, and that's a you know kind. I mean, it's you know a couple of years ago that would be like just a massive gate for a fight night, like you know before the pandemic. But this is one of the lower ones that they've done um, in the last uh, you know since they started touring again. But uh, you know, I think they still 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 pretty damn good. Yeah, still massive. Still over a hundred dollar dollars average ticket price. Yeah. Yeah, for a you know for an afternoon show, I think that's the thing, right? Like, afternoon show crowd was late arriving. Yeah, you know, um, you know, because I mean the show started eleven thirty local time, and uh, they were really quite. I thought early on, like it was almost like an apex show, like just you know you, you had like, almost no reaction. Want to go that low? <laughs> well, it didn't help that you know, like you said, you had that Dumas Brundage fight kicking things off, and you know, but uh, by by the you know middle of the prelims, it was it was getting pretty loud, and by the main event, like it was the building was pretty full, so. Um, but yeah, I just thought well, very, yeah, very yeah. early on when you, when you look at that main card and the reactions, it's like, man, this atm- atmosphere is so great. Oh, by yeah. the way, next week we're back at the apex. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, and we'll talk about that card. Um, you know, and, and it sucks because that main event could be real good and, yeah. and nobody's going to see it, you know, live. So, um, but yeah, that's what they're doing. So yeah, uh, that was UFC on ABC Five. We don't have any viewership totals, but yeah, the uh, prelims were on ESPN, and then they had the main card on ABC. So uh, hopefully they, you know, they had a decent audience for that. Um, and uh, we got the busy, busy weekend for regional shows. If you're if you're into that stuff, there's a ton of stuff on UFC Fight Pass this weekend. Um, shoot to Brazil, which I don't, I haven't seen it. I don't think they've had Shuto like since like just after UFC started. I remember watching a few Shuto shows with, um, I think it was like Dominic Cruz when he was first starting to uh, do commentary. He was he was doing those shows and then they just stopped doing them. But uh, they're back um, on uh, on Friday, Friday night uh, with a show from Rio, um, and uh, and then there's also a couple shows from Mexico on friday night as well uh lux fight league on uh, ufc fight pass at 10 p.m eastern and budo sento championship uh, also on friday at 11 uh on ufc fight pass and then uh, saturday morning we got a show from australia uh eternal mma so that that those usually have a ton of prospects and i think i see a familiar name here on kieran joblin i've seen him before i know i have um, he's on, he's in the main event. I'm just going to pull him up. Uh, I wonder, where's he fought before? Sorry. Should have done this beforehand. Oh, one. Okay. That's and ACB. Yeah. I knew, I knew I'd seen him before. So he's in the main event, uh, of that, uh, unified MMA or eternal MMA show and, uh, cage warriors as well from, uh, London or Cardiff, sorry, on uh, Saturday. So that's going head to head with, uh, uh, WWE, um on ufc five pass as well that's 2 30 eastern so uh, you can check that out if you don't want to watch wrestling and uh i think that's it for the fight oh sunday another mexican show from tijuana uwc 45 uh from uh from tijuana sunday afternoon at five uh anything else that you see there or did i get it all no that's about it okay all right so yeah you can check that out and then of course the big show uh ufc fight night uh Sean Strickland against Abus Megamedov. Tell us about this fight, Ryan. 
Well, it's uh, a fight like I talked about. You know, middleweight needs some new blood up there. So Abu Smagomedov, it's his second UFC fight. And they're pushing him right to the main event. Tough fight against Sean Strickland. We know a lot about Sean Strickland. Uh, he's great fighter. Not a great person outside of the cage, you know, based personality, but, uh, you know, very weirdo as a weirdo as a, and, but, uh, a tremendous fighter, uh, looking for a second straight win. Magomedov, you know, it may be his second UFC fight, but he's got 25 wins. He's 25 and four in his career. Lots of finishes. Uh, very good wrestler. Um, yeah. I mean, if we're going to get new blood in there, like this is, this is a very interesting fight fight because yeah matt nobody knows mago madov but he's dangerous and he can finish strickland and it's this is i mean strickland isn't taking him lightly at all i'm amazed that he took this fight like i, I mean maybe he, he just doesn't care like he's kind of a knucklehead yeah, so. yeah i think he doesn't care but he also has lost two in a row at middleweight and he knows like he can't really call his shots there no but there's no he's got nothing to gain and everything to lose in my opinion yeah. Like he beats a boost Megamedov, he beat a guy that nobody's heard of that's not ranked, and and you know and and yeah, hey, like a win would keep him in the title hunt to get out of Sanya. So okay, you can't say that he has nothing to gain. He has, he has plenty to gain. Gaining, you know, winning keeps him like, well, you know, it may maybe you know he hasn't fought out of Sanya. That's the thing. So yeah. so winning keeps him in that mix of trying to find a fresh opponent for Adesanya. Yeah, I guess. I just uh I'm I don't know. But he has I a ton was, to lose, yeah. <laughs> was this the was this the original main event? Yeah, yes. it was, eh? Yeah, yes. okay. Yeah. Um yeah, just uh I, I you know, and, and I think like uh, you know, I think like you said, a boost can totally knock him out. Um so yeah. this is uh this is one, you know, could end could end quickly. Um and then you know, the rest of the card is not uh huge. I mean the co main is pretty cool, but um uh, I uh, I imagine that you've uh, you've got three fights for us. Yep, yeah. Well, number one on the list is going to be the co-main event, lightweight fight: Demir Ismagulov against Grant Dawson. Uh, Ismagulov, he's coming off a loss to Armin Sarukian, but prior to that, he had won twenty-four of twenty-five fights, including his first five in the UFC. And the Sarukian fight was was a close loss. I mean, it looked good. Look good. Uh, Dawson is twenty-one and one. Or nineteen and one, sorry, nineteen and one with the draw, the draw to Ricky Glenn. But other than that, he's un unbeat, unde, undefeated in the UFC. Uh, he's won two straight, both by submission. Uh, so, like, this is a very high level fight, and the winner of this is gonna is really gonna put himself in the mix in a very tough lightweight division. So, yeah, that's a that's a good fight. Uh, my second one is a welterweight fight on the main card: Max Griffin against Michael Morales. Max Griffin, he's been a lot of ups and downs in the UFC, but he's won four of his last five with the only loss to Neil Magny in a split decision. He's got wins over Carlos Condit and Tim Means. Uh, very tough fighter, very durable, hits hard. Uh, Michael Morales, undefeated guy, 14. I think he's like 14 and 0. I don't yep. know. Yeah, and, uh, lots of finishes. Uh, very exciting fighter. Uh, is going to come at you, come at you. Uh, very. You know he's a guy who could be a, could be a title contender in the future, top prospect in the division, and uh, you know I think this is his third UFC fight. 
I don't yeah, have all he's his got finishes. All, he's got finishes in the first two. Yeah, I don't have all of his stats in front of me, so I'm co- going off the top of my head here with him. And uh, yeah, just uh, it's, it's it's a big fight for Morales. Uh, it's a it's a chance to showcase him, but Griffin's tough and is going to bring him a fight. Fight. So that that one should be good. And my third one is actually the the uh, prelim headliner, and I really wish this was on the main card. And I don't know why when you look at a few of these main card fights, but uh, Kevin Lee back in the UFC. <laughs> Yeah. He doesn't have it easy. He's fighting Renat Fakratinov. Uh, what's Fakratinov's record? Twenty-one and two. Yeah, I knew it was something, something good, something good. Uh, yeah, and he's won uh, eight in a row. Eight in a row. Uh, this is uh, thirty. Well, no, more, way more than that. Way more than that. He's. I got his record here. Three. Oh, more than. That. I don't know why I said eight. I don't know why I said like eight sixteen. It's like yeah, 16, 16 like in a row. Yeah, yeah, I think. But anyway, yeah, anyway. Uh, oh, I know why it says eight in a row because because there's a fight that he took in 2018 that's listed in the middle of that's listed as an amateur fight, even though he was already fighting professionally oh. and that he lost. That's why he's okay. That's why okay. I was that's gotcha. why he's only listed eight, eight, but he's a. One two fights in the UFC coming off a of win over Brian Battle. Uh, this is a tough fight for Kevin Lee to come back to, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, but Kevin Lee also coming off a ACL surgery, so it's his first fight in since since he beat Diego Sanchez in Habib's promotion back in March of 2022. But it's good to see Kevin Lee back. A lot of people said were questioning why he was released because there was a, he's a guy like yeah he he gone through his struggles you know he had lost what i think like five or seven fights seven fights and you know hadn't had looked the greatest but he was also a guy who was a name and a guy who could still you know headline some of these lower lower show cards so uh you know if he can win this one that puts him right back in the mix i don't i still don't like the fact that he's fighting at welterweight but yeah but i mean he's he's he's, 155 is a really hard cut for him and yeah. he's, but he's too small at 170. So yeah, so maybe he gained some size in that time. Who knows? We'll see. But uh, you yeah. know, very interested in see, seeing how he looks. I'm surprised you didn't pick uh, Alexander Romanov and Blagoe Ivana. No, thank um, you. <laughs> at least it's on the main card. Um, you know, which uh, that that would have been your main card apex special for the night. Um, I'll uh, I just want to you mentioned one of the undefeated fighters, which was Michael Morales, and I'll just point out. I always like to do this. Um, we've got a um, couple other undefeated fighters on the card. Uh, Br- Bruno Ferreira uh, fighting on the, uh, I think, the main card opener against the debuting Nur Sultan Ruzaboyev. And uh, where was the other one? Oh, yeah. Uh, Ivana Petrovic, uh, flyweight, uh, women, women's flyweight, uh, fighting Luana Carolina on, uh, on, on one of the prelim fights. So those are uh, two, uh, three undefeated fighters that you want to keep an eye on. And uh, I think at least one of those O's is going to go. So uh, why don't you uh, take us through the rest of this card? Okay. Yeah. So the entire show is going to be airing on ESPN as well as streaming on ESPN oh, cool. plus the uh, prelims kick off at four Eastern time, uh, 12 fights total uh, for the prelims kicks off with the heavyweight fight. You mentioned Alexander Romanov against Bogoy Ivanov. Then we have a uh, women's flyweight fight, Ivana Petrovic against Luana Carolina. We have a lightweight fight, Groom Kutaladze against Elvis Brenner. 
Then we have a rare women's featherweight fight, even though the division's going to go bye-bye. But uh, Yana Santos against Carol Hosa. Hosa is uh, taking this fight on short notice. That's why it's at 145. Santos was originally supposed to fight Macy G. Santos being the former Yana Kuniskaya, right? Kuniskaya, yes, yes. Okay, okay. Married to Tiago Santos. Yeah. And then uh, then we have a uh, featherweight fight, Janderson Brito against Weston Wilson. Then closing out the prelims, the fight I talked about, welterweight Kevin Lee against Renat Fakratinov. Then on the main card, kicks off with a middleweight fight, Bruno Ferreira against the debuting short notice Nurseltan Ruzabov. Then we have a lightweight fight, Ismail Bafim against Benoit St. Denis. Then uh, yeah. women's flyweights, uh, Ariane Lipsky against Melissa Gatto. Then uh, Max Griffin against Michael Morales at welterweight. Then co-main event, Demir Ismagulov against Grant Dawson at lightweight. And then Sean Strickland against Abus Magomedov in the main event. So uh, bomb theme, uh, not we don't get both bomb themes fighting on the same show. That's too bad. No, yeah, I think one of them. I think Ismail took this fight on short notice. So. Oh, there you go. And Gabriel is fighting on the Salt Lake City card at okay. the end of the month. Good job, good job. All right, and like you said, uh, um, Saturday afternoon going into the evening, uh, ESPN, TSN in Canada, uh, and UFC Fight Pass, no doubt. Um, haven't looked it up. Uh, the uh, We had the whole prelims were on Fight Pass this past week, which uh, kind of surprised me because usually we get early prelims, just a couple of pre- early prelims, but there was like six or seven on on, uh, on Fight Pass this week. So Now, our question of the week is a fun one. Um, I asked, let's see if I got any answers on Twitter. Uh, I didn't, it sucks. Um, but, uh, I, I got some, I got some responses. I don't know what, why you came up with this question. Was it just something fun you decided to do or was there a particular reason? I was struggling to find okay. something. And so okay. usually when I'm struggling to think of one, I'll go to the share dog forums and see what they're talking about. Oh, and okay. It took, and it took me about 10 pages to find, find this topic. And I was like, oh, that would be a good one. Okay, so when you say fight ending, are you like you're not necessarily talking upset, although it could be just like but, just like something that ended a fight that just like your jaw was just kind of yeah. hanging to the floor, like wow, I can't believe that happened. Okay, so I mean, I think there's a couple that spring to mind. Like honestly, the very first one I thought of, and I'm not even sure if this is what you were necessarily going for, uh, was um, was was Holly Holm. Uh, knocking out Ronda Rousey. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm going for. Yeah, Just yeah, moments like that. Yeah, and but then I also thought of Misha Tate submitting Holly Holm. Yeah, um, you know, which you know I was not expecting, and and you know, and and that kind of came out of nowhere. But the one I'm going to get is I think the best answer, and th- this is going to be my answer, and it's uh, it's it's Leon Edwards um, over uh, Kamara Usman last year um, in in the, in their first title fight you know, where it just came out of nowhere. And so you had the sudden finish as well as the upset. Yeah. So it was like the, the best of both worlds um, for that. So I, I think, and actually I said the first one that came to mind was home and Rosie. That's not true. The very first thing I thought of was Michael Bisping um, knocking out Luke Rockhold. Um, yeah. And, uh, but that's like, it did shock me, but, like I don't know if it. I I think the Leon Edwards one shocked me more. So yeah, I, I'm yeah, like, that's my answer. Like when I originally saw this, like the first one that popped in my mind was Chris Weidman beating Anderson Silva. 
Oh yeah. 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 Like, that was the first one. And especially the, the way one. it happened. Yeah. The way it happened. I mean, and then we kind of look back at it like Silva was, and I think that one weighed more to me, weighed more to me. Cause you know, I'm sitting there cage side 10 feet away and, and like I'm sitting next to Brett Okamoto and we see what happens and we're just like looking at you like, did that really just happen? Like, well, like and it was I so was shocking. Like everybody was shocked. Like I was top row. That was at Mandalay, right? That was at uh, M- MGM. You sure? Yeah, I was at MGM. Okay. Well, I was top row and I was sitting next to Ryan Pike and we're watching it. And it was like, you saw like, like Silva, like dancing, you know, like goofing around. And then all of a sudden he's like knocked out and we, we thought he was like joking. And then when we realized like he wasn't play acting, we just started jumping up and down like like school kids and hugging each other. Yeah. Like we just yeah, like yeah, yeah that was that's that was the one. first one. That was a, this is not my answer to the question. That was the first one okay. that popped in my mind. And then in the follow up to when they had their second fight and Anderson yeah. broke his leg, like that was shocking to me. Like like mm-hmm. But my answer to this question, honestly, is Connor finishing Aldo in thirteen seconds. Okay. Like, Okay. Like that shocked me. It didn't shock me that Connor won the fight. I had picked him to win the fight, and I felt like he was going to be Aldo. And then, and just kind of as that fight week went on, went on, and the way Connor was acting, like Connor, he still had his moments at the press conferences. But you, but if you want to go look at look back at the career of Connor McGregor, like peak fight week McGregor, where he, where you could see where he was taking everything seriously, and was just super like laser focused, was that Jose Aldo fight, mm-hmm. Aldo fight, and the way it ended because we had up to that point we had never seen Jose Aldo lose, True. Much, you know, yeah. never seen him be in trouble at any point, never seen him lose, and for Connor McGregor to knock him out with the first punch thrown. Like that was just so insane mm-hmm. and shocking. Like the way that the dominance of Jose Aldo just ended, and how just the the uh, establishment of Conor McGregor as the biggest star in UFC history at that you know happened right then and there. And it's just like to me that was just shocking, and just because I've been watching Jose Aldo for years, and he'd never been in trouble, and just to just to even think like if, if I had told any, if anybody had said during that week, Conor McGregor's going to win by knockout 13 seconds, everybody would have been like, you better make a bet on that. Yeah. And, and yeah. because like, there's no way that payout's going to happen. But like, to me, that was utterly shocking. I was there for that, for that show. Yeah. And, um, and I was also at the fight earlier that year when Conor McGregor beat Chad Mendes and the difference between those two fights was the first fight, like the building was full of people from Ireland. Like I think that there was more people from Ireland in the building than there was people from America. And um, there, the, it was just like a celebration, like when he won and, and it was, you know, and he had to come back in that fight too. And, and the finish, you know, was, I wouldn't say shocking, but, but it was a comeback and, and, and there was just this elation and then this celebration that happened and it was just this extended celebration and it was like a coronation of the new king when when he beat aldo it the reaction now grant there wasn't as many irish people there it was at it was at you know in the december and it's probably harder for them to get there at that time and it was way more like subdued like and 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 it was a bit stunned you know and and so like what you describe about being shocking like that's a very good description because 
you know, like we had the big thing. It took us an hour and a half to get out of the building uh, from the Mendez fight. Whereas the Aldo fight, it was just like, oh, wow, the fight's over. And it's like, did we just see what we think we saw? And then it was just like, everyone just left. And I was like outside in 20 minutes. Like it was, it was so different, but, but yeah, I mean, I was trying to think of a fighter that was undefeated that where the, you know, the, the, it just came. Um, and that was a good one. And I don't know why I didn't think of it. Cause I was there live. Another one too, that I, ju- that I thought of when, when I was trying to think of this was um, Anderson Silva um, submitting Chael Sonnen. Uh just the way it happened. You yeah. know, like, because he had him and, and like, uh, Sonnen was going to win the title. Like, it was, you know, like, he won the first four rounds. It was it was kind of playing out like Randy Randy Couture and Tim Sylvia, you know, like, where he would just take him down and hold him down for the whole round. And, like, it was just, it was like that fight. And then, and then you know, like, but you've talked about that fight before. And you said, like, Silva was setting up that submission the whole time. Like, even though Sonnen was on top and he was in control and everything, like, Silva was never out of that fight. And and when he finished him, like, you weren't surprised that happened. But for me, because not being as educated a fan as you were at the time, or or still are, honestly, um, I was just, like, watching the fight. I was like, okay, like, Sonnen's going to win for sure. And then when Silva submitted him, I was like, I was screaming, like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. And that was one of the fights that really turned me around into being like like a major fan like i am now you know because it was like oh my god the drama in that fight was you couldn't script it you know and uh i'd say also another one that we should mention is jamal hill submitting glover Teixeira, right like that was shocking what happened yeah, or, i don't really put that in the same same or, i'm sorry did i say jamal <sighs> not jamal hill yuri Yes, You're, I do this every time. <laughs> For Chaska finishing um, finishing Tashera was was shocking. Uh, I thought, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't put that in the same book because I, you know, I'm a, I was a, I'm a big Yuri guy, you know. Been, yeah, but you did uh, not expect him to to go that way. Like when that fight was going on, yeah, the, submission the, submitting him, yeah, that's kind of yeah, that's kind of shocking. I mean, yeah. I fully expected Yuri to win that fight. So. When they went to the ground, I mean, that was it. To share yeah. one, like I mean, you know, like we all, like I don't know about you, but I was like, okay, you know, hey, you know, it's a great fight. This is one of the best fights I've ever seen. But yeah. they're at the ground now. To has got this, yeah. and then he, and then he got submitted. I was like, what? And yeah, like that was that was crazy. But uh, yeah. good topic, good topic. Yeah. I liked it. Any other one you wanted to mention or? I mean, I'm sure I could come up with a litany of them. Yeah, but, yeah. but you know, these are some good ones. These yeah. are some good ones. And uh, if you're listening and and have anything, I'm just going to do one more quick check and see if anyone said anything. Okay, uh, no, we didn't get anything. I just I saw your message. Um, all right, uh, news. We got a little bit of news, and I'm interested in this first one because I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, yeah, I just wanted to squash. <laughs> I just wanted to squash some squash okay. something with this this one. Okay, so John Anik did an interview. Did an interview uh, with a with I don't know if it was MMA junkie, MMA fighting, or anything. He was talking to one of the topics they were talking about. You know, was the fact that the women's bantamweight title is vacant now, and he was talking about if there was any one fighter that you could bring out of retirement and just put him into the title fight and and it would sell immediately. 
it'd be Ronda Rousey. Like he was just bringing that up. He was just, they were just having a discussion. He was in no way insinuating that Ronda Rousey was going to be fighting for the women's bantamweight title. People took that and started rumors that Ronda Rousey was coming back to the UFC, that, that they were negotiating with her, you know, especially with this whole, you know, W Endeavor now owning UFC and WWE, how it'd be easier and all that. So once squash those rumors, there is nothing to Ronda Rousey fighting for the vacant women's bantamweight title. Could she come back now? Who knows? Who knows in this sport? There's been crazy stuff, you know, especially with, like I said, with Endeavor now owning. But but people were starting rumors over the weekend, and I kind of saw it on trending on Twitter, and I just wanted to say, if you've seen any of those rumors, there's nothing to it at all. I mean, she's making a lot of money in WWE, and I and think when she's when she's done in WWE, it's going to be to go raise a family. It's not yeah. going to be to go back to fighting. Yeah. She doesn't need to come back. No. I mean, she could like she, you know, it would be a huge fight and she'd make a lot of money, but I don't think I don't think she has a desire to do it yeah. either. No, That's the other thing. Either. Yeah. So and either. and really it's if if they were to do it, like to put her in a title fight is just about the dumbest thing you could do because it, you know, if she wins, she's going to vacate the title. Yeah. She's not going to fight again. And I mean, I suppose, yeah, if she loses, I mean, it's, you know, puts over whoever wins, but I mean, it's, yeah, it's just, we're talking about something stupid. It's not never going to happen. Yeah. Uh, okay. Tough finals. Do we have yeah, a date? The, the, uh, the ultimate, the finals for this season, ultimate fighter, they're going to ha- take place on a, a UFC 292 in Boston. Okay. So just, All, right. All right. So that's, yeah. uh, what is that? August? August 19th. Yeah. Okay. And that is just gonna be the tough finals. Obviously, yeah, we just don't the have finals, yeah. we have no idea when Connor, when or if Connor and Chandler are gonna fight. I I think Connor's gonna come back early next year. Uh, Still I, not uh, being tested. He's not in the testing pool yet. We he? don't know. If, it's not. The, Usada will not confirm nor deny whether he's in it or not. The only proof we have is he hasn't to go tested. by is he hasn't been tested. But just because the fact he hasn't been tested does not mean he's not in the testing pool. Like he gotcha. could have been in the testing pool. And generally when somebody gets back into the testing pool, they're almost immediately, immediately tested, but that's not a hundred percent. So, okay. I mean, I mean, we won't know there will never be official confirmation until you either says yes, or they test them, but he could be in the pool. And we don't know it. It's the, and, and, and I think people are, people are just going to buy the fact that he hasn't been tested as proof that he's not in it. There's no proof one way or the other. Yeah. All right. And uh, so, uh, but yeah, I, I've been, I want to say some things interesting about Connor. Connor, because it was a discussion on the F4W message board. I don't think he's fully, his leg is fully healed. And I think that's the holdup and everything. I think okay. I've mentioned, I think I've mentioned this on this show, but uh, he, he made a, tw- it was either a tweet or a Facebook post where uh, he posted pitch- pictures of him training in New York. And he talked about how he was on crutches two weeks ago, which is not, and I've heard just like rumblings that his leg is not a hundred percent. And when we talk about his leg break from all indications, his leg break was worse than when Anderson Silva broke his leg and worse when, worse than when Chris Weidman broke his leg. Anderson Silva came back 13 months later, but we know he was on all sorts of drugs to get him back. And when Weidman comes back in August, that'll be that'll be what uh, twenty eight months right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. and we're about to creep up on twenty four months for Connor. So had he fought in December, that'd be thirty months. So that's two months more than Weidman 
but for a far worse leg break leg break so i'm just i'm just kind of curious that that you know i have a feeling that that's more of the hold up than anything that and it seems like he starts to train and then the and then he starts to hurt in the leg and then he stops for a little bit and then that's when he kind of gets you know like like the stuff that possibly happened in Miami happens because yeah. he's not training because he's not training and he's losing focus. And I think that's what it is. I think his leg is giving him problems and he takes a break and he loses focus. And, and, you know, that's what I think, I think it's an under, under looked at story, honestly. Okay. Um, another, I also, uh, oh. also want to point out something, no matter what Dana White says, Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk are not going to fight <laughs> inside the UFC octagon. Or anywhere uh, else, for that matter. Yeah. Can I just say, I just want to go on this rant. rant. Between, between Dana pushing that and pushing Power Slap and his constant usage of the Apex and these fans, like like I was talking about, we, there was the thing that came out today that the fighters are only getting 13%. Uh, fighter pay is only at 13% of revenue. And you know we we know they need to be paid more. Like they could they could bump that from thirteen percent to forty percent, and UFC would still have nine figures of profits a year. It would not hurt them at all, at all. And it would at least come to come close to come close to what all these other major sports are paying their athletes. But I don't get these fans who say like, "Oh, fighters are paid enough." Shouldn't you want them to be making as much as athletes in other sports? You just not give a fuck about these guys, like. Well, I, think, I think I think it's the latter. But, I think people just don't give a fuck. But people like between all that and just all the negativity, activity I see on social media from supposed fans of the sport, and just Dana just with the power slap and the Elon Musk and Zuckerberg and not calling that a gimmick fight when it is a gimmick, gimmick fight and this Apex stuff like. Like every, you know, every week, like I feel myself getting more and more distance from MMA to the point where like, I don't, I like thinking of this, it's like, I, I, I'm giving up. I like, like there's times I mean, it just wants to give up on it and just stop it. Stop all this. Like, like it's really dragging me down. Yeah. Bad. I mean, it like, is, this is, this is worse yeah. than any point. And I'm a fan going back. been watching this since 2001, been going to UFC shows since, 2004 and it's just like this is just like dragging me down like i hate saying that and whatever if it's dragging me down out of all people i can only imagine what it's doing to other people well i think you know and and there's a lot of people that have already given up you know and and i don't know if this is the reason why i mean there's a lot of things and i think what where this really gets me and and when you think of it this way it's it's not even so much that they're only getting the 13 percent. i mean that's bad enough but the problem is, is that even with that 13%, when someone starts to make a little bit of money and UFC doesn't see the value in it, they just get rid of them, yeah. you know, like, and so, you know, you'll have a fighter that finally has got a name and, and, you know, and they, maybe they won a few fights and maybe they lose a fight here and there and they're making like 50, 60 grand, you know, another 60 grand if they win. So, you know, they're getting six figures, you know, when they win a fight and then all of a sudden UFC just cuts them because, well, we we could pay somebody else 10 and 10. 
And that's where it gets me, you know, and, and then these guys go to Bellator, they go to PFL or, you know, wherever else. And, and those are going to run out soon because if, you know, if PFL buys Bellator, all of a sudden, like, that's going to be really bad for the fighters. Like, I know that there's people out there and some people we know that think, oh, this is going to be great. We're going to have a viable number two. And that's such bullshit. Like, there's no viable number two. You know, like there's never going to be a viable number two. There's UFC and there's everything else and everything else. Nobody cares about, um, yeah. you know, they, you know, there's the Bellator PFL is closer to LFA than it is to UFC. Yep. Honestly. Yep. Um, you know, and uh, so they, yeah, they're, you know, and and the big stars will get paid, you know, Conor McGregor, John Jones, you know, but even Francis Ngannou, who should be one of the top five stars in UFC, they wouldn't pay him. I mean, they were they were going to pay him, but they weren't going to pay him like they should have paid him. And he went to PFL and for less money, I think. Uh, but yeah. you know, that's there's that's, no I thinking that for less money. I yes. know. Yeah, and and yeah, and, and you know, and there's other people that you know they've gotten rid of, and you know, like some of the guys in Bellator now, like the champions there, like they could still be top guys in UFC. Like you know, Ryan Bader, like he'd still be like a top ten fighter, I think. Um, I like heavyweight, yeah, I think, yeah. So. Or heavyweight, um, you know, yeah, whichever, maybe, whichever. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, and then there's other fighters as well, and you know, like like Sergio Pettis, you know, like oh yeah, he'd be a top five, yeah, flyweight for sure, yeah, and and those pit bull guys, and you know, all that, yeah. AJ McKee, like yeah. you know, um, so you know, but but you know, they're making more money in Bellator, I think, I don't even know, but we went through those PFL things too, and it's not, you know, it's not all that cracked up to be over there either, so. Um, yeah, it's just a really bad time for the fighters. And I think these fighters now, like they're, this is a really bad way to put it, but they're kind of marks, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like they're just happy to be there and, oh my God, I'm in UFC and just, I'll take whatever you give me, Dana, and I'll fight whoever you ask me to fight. And, uh, I'm just, I'm just so happy to be here, you know? And then eventually they wake up and realize that they're getting underpaid. And then that's when UFC, oh, you suck. And, you know, so, yeah, it's really bad. Um, All right. Do you want to get any fight announcements? Yeah, yeah. Okay, there's a lot. There's yeah, there's a lot. One. There's a lot. I mean, some of them we won't go over, but we'll go over the big ones. Uh, UFC 290 on July 8th. Cameron Simon was supposed to fight Christian Rodriguez, the guy who beat Raul Rodriguez, or Raul Rosas, but uh, he's out. And so Cameron Simon is going to fight Terrence Mitchell debuting. Uh, UFC Fight Night in uh, Nashville on August 5th. Tatiana Suarez was supposed to fight Verna Jandaroba. Jandaroba's out. So the replacement is Jessica Andrade. So all wow. of a sudden, that's a bigger fight right there. Jessica Andrade against Tatiana Suarez at, at 115 pounds. Is that the so main event? It's co-main. Main event okay. is uh, San Hagen and Cousin Umar. Right, right, right. Okay. So we also also on the show, Jeremiah Wells against Carlson Harris. Uh, Gavin Tucker against Diego Lopez. Uh, UFC Fight Night, August 12th at the Apex. Brady Heiston against Damone Blackshear. Uh, here's a couple of interesting fights. Uh, Singapore, UFC Fight Night, uh, August 26th. This is going to be the co-main event, I believe. Uh, Tyler Santos against Aaron Blanchfield. Oh, but, so no uh, bantamweight title, title fight for her. No, no. I uh, didn't think that. I think she just threw her name in the habit. I, I mean, flyweight's her division, and this is probably a title eliminator right there. Possibly, maybe, you know, we'll see what happens. In, this, uh, in a fight we're about to talk about. Uh, also on that August 26th, uh, Anthony Smith against Ryan Spann. That's uh, going to be the second time they fought. 
Uh, Smith yep. won the first fight. Also, Chidi and Joker won against Mikhail Oleksychuk. Okay. UFC Fight Night uh, Paris, September 2nd. Co-main event at Flyweight. Manon Fioro against Rose Namajunas. Wow. Rose is moving up to Flyweight. And I have to suspect, like, if she wins, she's going right into a title fight at that division. <laughs> small for Flyweight. <laughs> she seems small for Flyweight, but... uh. But then again, Mana Fioro, if she beats Fioro, that's a that's an immediate top win at flyweight. Yeah. So, yep. so that's a big fight. And also a Vulcan Ozdemir against Azama Mirzakhanov. Uh UFC two ninety three, Sydney on uh, September 9th in the US. Uh Kai Kara France against Manel Cop. It's a hell of a yeah, fight right there. That's yeah, that's a big one for you. Okay, yeah. Uh, UFC fight night, uh September sixteenth, Mexican Independence Day at the T Mobile Arena. Main event, uh, flyweight champion Alexa Grasso against Valentina Shevchenko. Rematch. Wow. It's going to be on. Where, uh, where's that fighting in? Uh, T-Mobile in Las Vegas. Okay. That's the main event? That's the main event. Wow. It's a fight night card. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Not a pay-per-view. It's a fight night card. So they're doing a title fight on a – wow. Hey, yeah. didn't I suggest this? I think so. Yeah, and I, I didn't think I didn't think they would do a title yeah. fight on a fight night card because yeah, because this is the one that the, they're they're trying because, to load up for yeah, because like Mexican say, Independence Day or yeah, something. Yeah, because right? you save the title fights for pay per view yeah. events, but at the same time, Mexican Independence Day, and you're running T Mobile to fulfill yeah. that contract. Like you need a big main event, and yeah, Alexa Grasso, Mexican Independence Day against Shevchenko. That's perfect. It's perfect yeah, main event. I'm. Uh, I can't believe I called that. Okay, perfect great. Main event. Also, I feel good. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, Chris Curtis against Anthony Fluffy Hernandez. Yeah, yeah, big, uh, big, big uh, fight in the clinch. Yeah, and then uh, UFC Fight Night, September twenty third, Mizuki Inoue returning after three years out of action against Hannah Goldie. Well, I didn't. Okay, I was. You know what? I was wondering about Mizuki because yeah, I didn't think I'd seen her name in a while, and uh, I didn't realize she'd been gone that long. So she was like basically the whole pandemic. She was gone. All right, so yeah, that's uh, yeah, man. We're right into the fall now for uh, for for these fight announcements. So uh, big, big summer coming up, and uh, a lot of big fights there. Um, I uh, I noticed you conveniently skipped out a couple of those women's fights on the uh, Paris card. Yeah, I mean we don't need to talk about <laughs> no Jocelyn Edwards or Zafari. Yeah, no offense, no offense to him, but no, it's not what you're buying the show for. Um, but yeah, that uh, Rose Namajunas is a big fight. Minon Fido. I uh, I do. That's that's a big fight, man. Like in the and that's uh, I assume the main event is is it Cyril gone on that show? Yeah, Cyril gone against Sergey Spivak. Right, right. Oh man, that's a big fight too. Man, the two the two French fighters might be underdogs there. Um, that's uh, that's gonna be a big show. All right, so that's going to just about do it. Uh, Ryan, uh, get your plugs in. Yep, uh, front page coverage of every UFC event for now until the end of time at WrestlingObserver.com, figure four on, or F4Wonline.com. Be back in the Wrestling Observer newsletter this week with the recap of our exciting UFC on ABC5 and Twitter at Ryan J. Frederick, even though I'm limiting my social media and Internet time to – as little as possible. Yeah. I've noticed I haven't seen you as much lately and uh, good for you. That's, that's a smart decision. Um, Speaking of uh, Twitter, I uh, just got a response on our, on our questions. I thought I'd just mention it last on the, uh, to remind you, if you're still listening, um, the, uh, the shocking moments, uh, one that neither one of us mentioned, uh, Matt Saren, GSP. 
Yeah. Um, well, that sure. was uh, Trav Terra at Trav Terra on Twitter. So I'll let him know that we mentioned his thing. And he also uh, mentioned uh, Bisping and Rockhold as well. Yeah. Uh, he was watching at a casino and the place was just silent in shock yeah. uh, at the end of that. So um, thanks uh, to Trav Terra, Travis on Twitter for, uh, for pointing that out. And uh, you can follow me. And I just retweeted Travis there at uh, Paul Ace Fontaine. And uh, I try to tweet during the shows when I'm watching live and uh, Ryan and I are usually interacting. Ryan, We'll point out the stupid things I say, and we have a lot of fun. And uh, you can also – You often say a lot of them. <laughs> I do. I do. That's kind of my thing. Um, I'm also on the uh, Fiking Media Patreon that I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, me and Jeff Hawkins with the Dynamite show uh, on uh, tomorrow night after AW Dynamite. Um, I think that's it for me right now. I did a, I did a post uh, – um, I want to say revolution uh, forbidden door show that's still up there on the Viking media uh, YouTube channel. If you want to check that out, Matt, Garrett Gonzalez and myself did our immediate reactions of the uh, AW pay-per-view this weekend. So you can check that out. So for Ryan, I've been Paul Ryan takes home. Like you always do. All right. I hope everybody enjoyed the show and enjoy the fights this week and have a great week. Later. What's so special about hero bread, soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas. These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.